It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day, explained and analysed by The Times of London. Today with me, Bhavani Vadi and Toby Gillis. Hello, we've uh, a look at the violence involving Iran, Pakistan and increasing parts of the Middle East coming up with some alarming predictions. We begin, as we did yesterday actually, with the escalating situation between Iran and Pakistan, with the latter carrying out airstrikes in Iran on Thursday morning. They say they were targeting terror groups in retaliation for similar attacks inside Pakistan on Tuesday. It's now been confirmed that all those who died in Pakistan's revenge mission, three women, four children and two men, were all actually Pakistani themselves. Pakistan says it's investigating why they were in the Iranian village. So that's the latest on the ground. But of course, the diplomatic situation is the focus for a lot of coverage on this. Pakistan says this was a proportionate response and it hopes now to de-escalate. But Iran is heavily involved in multiple conflicts in the region, of course, either directly or indirectly, including providing support for Hezbollah in Lebanon, the Houthis in Yemen and the Red Sea, and Hamas in Gaza. So why is it setting all these little fires everywhere? Times Radio has spoken exclusively with Lord Cameron, the UK's new Foreign Secretary and, of course, former Prime Minister today, uh, who's discussed it all with his Iranian counterpart, and was asked if he got an understanding of Iran's intentions from that conversation. Not entirely. I mean, I I obviously wanted to deliver a very clear message about what the Houthis are doing in the Red Sea and the fact that these attacks on international shipping are illegal and unacceptable. They're damaging to world trade. They go fly in the face of freedom of navigation. That was the principal message, but obviously I did challenge him about these other issues as well and said that uh, you know the world is watching Iran and its influence over these, over, over these proxies, but also the action it has been taking directly uh, and that... Uh, people will draw the conclusions from the actions that they are taking and they should expect a very strong response. Foreign ministers you know, have to have these conversations. It's important to keep these channels open even if you profoundly disagree with someone and that's why I think it's right to have these meetings but you have to be very clear when you do. So talks will continue between the West and Iran on this even as they are repeatedly condemned for their actions by the UK, US and others. The European Union in particular has expressed its concern at what it calls the spiral of violence in the Middle East and beyond. And this clip from the Times' Samir al-Altrush, who's covering the situation, explains that preventing this is more in hope than expectation. I think people are still counting on 
on the rules of brinksmanship in which be it Hezbollah in Lebanon uh, versus Israel, be it Iran versus Pakistan, uh, the Houthis versus the Americans and the Brits and vice versa, they, they have all laid out ground rules on not escalating. But again, those things can go sideways quickly. Uh, it's an impossible situation to control. You know, the, I think the conventional wisdom has been that Hezbollah and Israel won't go to war. But increasingly, it seems that a war between Israel and Lebanon is a matter of when. So the situation is quite worrying, I think, to many people in the region. And there's still things that we haven't, I think, even really contemplated. Uh, one of them, I mean, the Americans are concerned about this, is to see a uprising in the Palestinian West Bank. So they've been asking Israel to transfer funds to the authorities there. There are concerns in Egypt because the Houthi attacks have compounded their economic crisis, which is one of the worst in recent memory. We might see different types of escalation uh, from the ongoing crisis, and uh, no one seems to have been able to kind of put it back in the bottle. One of the few hopes for a lower amount of escalation, so to speak, rather than all-out war, is that Iran may spread itself too thinly across each crisis and therefore decide it can't risk going any further. We've previously covered the violence engulfing Ecuador and now another brutal incident there with a leading prosecutor assassinated in broad daylight. Armed men on motorcycles surrounded the car of Cesar Suarez and murdered him as he travelled to a police station in the city of Guaquil. His car was riddled with at least 20 bullets. Suarez had the reputation of being incorruptible. He'd been involved in some of the most serious criminal cases in the country, including being in charge of the investigation into the armed attack on a TV studio last week when 14 gunmen threatened journalists and staff while they were live on air. This latest wave of violence started last month after the apparent escape from jail of a notorious drug lord leading to the government announcing a state of emergency which then prompted a backlash from criminal gangs. Well, joining us now is Stephen Gibbs who covers Latin America for The Times. Stephen, this is pretty shocking. It was particularly shocking because Cesar Suarez was a well-known prosecutor uh, in Ecuador, partly because he'd been closely involved with uh, allegations of government corruption during COVID-19. He was considered one of the sort of incorruptible himself. Just before he was killed, Suarez was investigating this very high-profile attack in the same city where he was killed, in Guayaquil, on a television studio. And this, you know, the fact that the prosecutor of that case is now taken out really is a desperate reminder of the spiral the country's in. A message from the cartels that no one is safe. You know, we're not going to take this lying down. Stephen Gibbs, how is this all impacting ordinary Ecuadorians? I think there are two signs, really, for for ordinary Ecuadorians of of how their lives are changing. I've just come back from the country, and one of the most noticeable things was a very serious curfew overnight across the entire nation. I think I've never really seen such a, a sort of rigorous shutdown. The other thing I've picked up, and this is speaking to Ecuadorians, is a lot of them are thinking, you know, enough is enough, this is time to leave. So we're seeing an eye in my migration from the country. So, you know, as ever, these developments, they don't just affect the one nation affected, they have uh, rippling effects across the entire region. Brilliant insight as always, Stephen. Thank you so much for that. You can read Stephen's full piece on this in The Times now. 
have you ever been in a foreign land and struggled to get your point across, Toby? I just shout loud. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's something that could be really helpful. New AI tools on phones that can translate languages in real time. Samsung's announced its new devices will translate a call in 13 languages and also conversations in person. So this might all sound like an ad for Samsung. I assure you it's not. And here's why. Mark Selman, the Times' tech correspondent, tells us it's a proper newsworthy development. It does essentially put these tools into the hands of many more people potentially going forward if they sell the phones, of course. Um, Many people do buy Samsung phones around the globe, um, around a billion people. So that's why uh, it's a a step change. And also because we know that the other big phone manufacturer, Apple, is going to do something similar in this this summer. They'll, They'll be announcing. So this is basically a sign of things to come uh, everyone's going to start seeing these tools in their smartphone and they'll just become just like autocomplete has done as a sort of ai tool we've just become used to it and it will become the backdrop to our lives and that's why i guess we flagged it as a, a, a as an interesting story now speaking of ai and tech we loved this story about one of japan's most famous and prestigious literary prizes being won by an author who admitted to using ChatGPT to help her write her winning book. Yep, a bold admission by Akutagwa Prize winner Ri Kudan about her book The Tokyo Tower of Sympathy, when she revealed that about one-twentieth of it was generated by the bot. One of the judges, before finding out about Kudan's AI aid, said it was flawless and difficult to find any faults. Yeah, and maybe computers can do emotion after all then. Finally, to a story that's still got me shocked. Um, even a couple of days on from the announcement, Louis Rees Zamet is one of the stars of British rugby, a 31 cap Welsh international. But on Tuesday, announced he's joining the NFL's player pathway. It's been a huge surprise to everyone, and one that the Times' rugby correspondent, Alex Lowe, has declared should concern the whole sport. But today, maybe a bit of an antidote to those worries? Yes, Sir uh, Elgin Alderman has written in the Times about Rhys Zammett's family history. It's a beautiful tale about the fact that his dad, Joe, played gridiron in the 80s and what it was all like. And maybe, just maybe, that links a good reason for Louis' move rather than the potential for a mass exodus from rugby to American football. No shock move for us. We'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) Thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. See you then.